Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bright Time. Um, before I get into today's guest, I wanted to just tell you about something I referred to earlier in a previous podcast about the fact that, you know, the inner circle that I had as guests on this podcast is being stretched as thin as possible as we go through all the different friends and people I wanted to have on. So as I mentioned before, the goal is going to be and the intention is that I'm going to switch to guests uh, who aren't necessarily friends of mine, but rather people who I think have interesting stories to tell. And so far, I've been able to line up a bunch of people uh, to do that. So um, so far, I've taken the podcast of, a, of an actor who is actually someone I know, uh, but you know, I haven't really seen a lot in the last few decades. I've gotten the dean of a law school in Texas to agree to come on, uh, a Yale professor of law as well, um, a doctor who heads a pathology department at a large hospital here in the New York area, and I have a few more ideas about people to join. So I'm very excited about what's going to be coming. I'm going to probably wait till I do a bunch of those podcasts before flipping the switch on the podcast, maybe renaming it and launching um, with these new podcasts. So very excited about that. As for today's podcast, uh, our guest is Mike Havriniak. Mike is a neighbor of mine here in Irvington. Um, I've known him since just about when I moved into Irvington, uh, since we are you know, very close neighbors. He's just a football field or, or so away from me. And uh, we've been good friends since. Uh, Mike's got some interesting stories to tell, as you'll hear. Uh, Mike has been in finance uh, since the beginning of his career after getting out of uh, NYU Business School. Uh, he's worked at Merrill Lynch and Goldman. Uh, and most interestingly, he worked at Lehman for many years and was there when the financial crisis hit as a result of Lehman going under. So he had a really interesting story to tell about, you know, being a ground zero for the financial crisis. And we talked about it for a while. We talked about his family, my family, and uh, a bunch of other interesting topics. I think Mike is a super duper guy. So I was glad he agreed to come on. And I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, I give you Mike. I'm here with Mike Havraniak. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Brian, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, I might as well share with the audience what's been going on. We have been <laughs> having serious microphone troubles. And as a result, we have started the podcast now. This is our third time. And, and it's only going to get better. <laughs> it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. So, um, so here we go. Time number three. And, uh, you know, we'll just tread a little of the ground we just tread, but which is that, <laughs> sure. you know, as I probably will have told the audience by now in the intro, you and I are neighbors. We live in the same development in Irvington, New York. That's right. Um, we moved in roughly the same time, around 2004-ish? I was 2002, yeah, roughly the okay. same time. But so where, can... we, where we really connected, though, was playing softball. That's right. Right. So... I, I started a softball team that was comprised of some of my old friends before I moved to Irvington, and then some of my neighbors, yep. and, and you were one of them. Yep, yep, yep. And I remember, uh, I remember like the longing for those games because it was a good excuse to get out. I always had the pass to go out and play uh, softball. And, uh, you know, it just, it, <laughs> what brought us together was the fact that at the end of the games, like everybody would run home and do whatever they're doing back at home. And I'd look around and I'd be like, is where did everybody go? And it'd be you and Jay. And I'd be like, oh, let's go get a drink. That's okay. Right. So. And no, but it was worse than that. Nobody wanted to go out. Like, it wasn't like, you know, everyone ran home. We was like, guys, there's a bar, yep. you know, 10 seconds <laughs> right. away. Right. And, and for the most part, people wanted to go home. Yes. And we, as you said, the first two times we did this, you said, we had a free pass to be out tonight from the family. <laughs> Right. Why are we running home? <laughs> right. And we always had a good time. And it was funny, uh, the funniest things, we talked about a lot of things. I remember we always get into debates around tipping, right? So do you remember, you know, it would be, I would be the one that said, Brian, we just 20% on the total bill. And yes. you were like, Mike, no. You, you, you know. back out the tax. <laughs> yeah, back out the tax. I'm like, come on, Brian. And this was, a, this was an ongoing debate we yes. had for a while. And eventually I, it came to a head when I brought some evidence, probably <laughs> yes. from the internet, that yes. said, you know, here it's clear you you, you back out the, the tax. And I had good arguments, right? There's taxes yeah. different different jurisdictions. Yes. Yes. And I believe to this day that yeah. technically 
I was right. Yes. And, but and, and I, but, but I, I was wrong. As I was trying to tell. No, I don't know if you're wrong but, or not. But I think my point was that, you know, I was in the service industry and through college and I bartended through and waited tables like, you know, most of your listeners probably do as well. I don't know. How many listeners do you have these days? We're up to nine or up ten, nine, I think. Ten. Yeah. I bet you at least three of them have waited a table or, or <laughs> slung a drink somewhere. Well, and, if you know my friends, you know they're not really qualified <laughs> to do more. They're better on the other end. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I always used to say, you know, I mean, we always used to appreciate when someone just gave you the 20% on the total amount. You would actually notice that. You would definitely notice that. Absolutely. So you were looking when well, you were serving. it was serving. weird when you got the weird number. You're like, where did that number come from? And somebody, like, oh, they probably just taxed you on the, the I mean, you know, tipped you on the tax or yeah. something. You'd be like, well, why? <laughs> just yeah. get the... So the, my point is, is are you going to quabble over three bucks or two bucks or whatever no. and, it is? Right? And that's what persuaded me at the end, which was like, why am I trying to win this argument on the technicality of tax versus not tax, when at the end of the day, we're just talking, as you say, <laughs> right. of a few bucks. Right. And if anything, you're just going to come off generous. Right. And as you pointed out during our second take of this of this <laughs> yes. podcast, you know, you're too lazy to do the math and anyway. 20% is easy. It's just 20% of a number. <laughs> yeah. It's just easier to, to calculate. And, and, and the funny thing is, as I said before, and you're a finance guy, yeah. and you didn't want to do that math. Yeah, exactly. It's just much easier, much smoother, much, yeah. much easier to do, much yeah. easier to do. So, well, so everyone knows where we are now, but I, and I'm not even sure myself where you came from to get to Irvington in 2002. So why mm-hmm. don't you go back okay. and say where you're from. Yeah, I yeah, know you're yeah. a Westchester guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then take listen, us to the It's pl- an interesting story. My, my, my dad recently passed away, as you know. Thank you. You were, you know, I know you showed up at the wake. But, I, uh, I never want to miss those. It, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did have drinks at my wake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did. At my dad's wake. At, at <laughs> not my wake. My dad's wake. <laughs> allow, allow me, if you, since you brought this up, and I'll let you continue on with your story. But I remember, um, this was just last week. Yes. Um, which is, you know, thank you for coming on after <laughs> such a bad event. But um, I remember thinking, what, what do I wear to a wake? Um, I'm Jewish, so I know what you wear to a shiver. Um, and I reached out to one of my Catholic friends. And I said, what do you wear to a wake? Do I have to wear like a suit or Catholics this? Catholics don't know what to wear at wake. We don't know what to do at wake. We have no idea. <laughs> so he's, I said, can I wear jeans, for example? He said, I wouldn't wear jeans. You don't need to wear a suit. But, you know, business casual would probably be the appropriate attire. So I wore that. And then as I'm driving there, I said, you know, Mike is not a big, he's not big on these kind of conventions. So I, I'm sure whatever I wore is going to be fine by him either way. <laughs> well, sure enough, I walked in there and I didn't see you immediately, but I saw a lot of other people, many in suits and ties, maybe the majority. I had my business casual and you, <laughs> you were there in shorts and a t-shirt. I was comfortable. Listen, <laughs> I, you know, and I had this discussion with my wife, obviously, and I'm like, you know, uh, and listen, I, to, to, to address your, your point earlier, Catholics don't know how to act at wakes. We don't know what to wear at yep. wakes. I think they're silly. I think the Jews got it right with that one. You have a yep. shiva, have it at the house. Everybody comes over. Wakes, I don't get it. It's really been a mystery to you. <laughs> it's, it is a mystery to me. So, you know, again, I was for me, it was just about being comfortable. So, yeah, but you know, I, I had a good laugh I internally. There was no one to laugh with. And yeah, it's yes. a funeral, so we're not, not, not going to be laughing aloud yes, a lot. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I really chuckled in, internally because yeah. I'm like, of course. Listen, of course Mike's going to be dressed like course. this. You know, and part of the reason is, is I'm a suit guy, right? I have to go and wear a suit and tie every day to work. Is so that right? Yeah, I didn't pretty realize much, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know banks are the last bastions yeah. of that kind of formality. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to your banking yeah. career. But. Yeah, so that's that's part of it, and I like to dress casual when I can. So I, even wearing jeans today, you should be, you know, I mean, you know, the big step for me to put yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. jeans. And so. I appreciate you dressing up for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, so I, I took us on this aside. Tell us where you're from and how we got right. here. Right, okay, so back to my dad. So it's an interesting story. So yeah, my dad was actually uh, born of Ukrainian parents in a German work camp in the, in the 40s. Um, and he and his family migrated to the U.S. in 1950. They came in through Baltimore, um, settled in Yonkers, New York, um, actually where my dad's uh, uh, funeral services were, were the same church that I was actually baptized in huh? 52 years ago. That's so funny. That's a little side story. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm an immigrant. I'm a first-generation American. Uh, my mother was a similar story. Um, same thing, came in through a camp. Uh, they met. Um, you know, again, you asked me to go back, so I'm going to go oh, back. Please. <laughs> and, I, I uh, never knew any of this. Yeah, see, that's fascinating. I mean, I knew some of this about your dad because it was on the website right. last week, but I, not vis-a-vis you. Yeah, yeah, so my dad came over, you know, didn't speak the language. He used to, the, the, the freakiest story he told me was as he was going through school, he went to Saunders High School in, uh, in Yonkers here. Um, he said because he had an accent and they didn't know how to change it, they actually snipped his tongue. 
they cut his tongue Are to you try kidding? to yeah to try to you know alleviate the accent. I guess I don't I don't know. Is that reversible? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, bizarre. I mean, you talk about wow. it today, but you know, part of the story was when you came over as an immigrant back then, you assimilated, right? You learned the language, yeah. you speak the language, and they all wanted to. You didn't press two for Ukrainian, right? Nobody knew what Ukrainian was was at that point, but you know, today you can you know press you know whatever number to get any Swahili, and you know you'll get it. Yep. But that wasn't the case back in the you know fifties and sixties when where when he grew up. So he actually, you know, assimilated very well. The family did. I didn't learn Ukrainian in the house because we were not allowed to speak anything but English. And that was want, that's, that's what the, the immigrants of the time Absolutely. were very adamant about. That. Absolutely. My dad actually had a 30-year career at uh, IBM, very successful. He went to Adelphi uh, College. Uh, he did, uh, you know, pl- did very successfully there. Um, where am I going with this? So... That was what I came from, and we lived in originally up in West, I'm a Westchester guy all my life. Um, spent three years in Paris. My dad had an assignment out there, so we came back from Paris. It was probably that explains your sophistication, exactly, <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> um, but we uh, we settled back into Westchester. So I went to you know, John Jay High School here in in Katona uh, in up here. Um, undergrad, I did uh, Stony Brook University, and I met a lot of really, really good guys in that school. I'm actually very good friends with most of them. I still see uh, them pretty regularly. Uh, some of these guys, we're going to go on the guy trips. That we're we're going to talk about our Myrtle Beach trip. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's legendary. We did our 25th year uh, this year. And let's take the trip. aside right now. So yeah. you and I, um, I won't say it's a rarity, but we're among the group of guys separately who go on guy trips, yeah. whose wives are nice enough to let us out of the house to do such things. Can't, or, or can't wait to get rid of us. <laughs> yes, that's right. It depends <laughs> how you, you come at it. And, you know, I, we would, when we were first becoming friends, I would tell you about my guy trips, maybe even invite you on a few. And um, they were smaller groups of, you know, four to eight. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what it would be. It could be a trip to AC. Yeah. It could be New Orleans, you know, whatever we were doing. And then you would tell your stories. I'm like, your stories were like, we got 28 guys meeting in Myrtle Beach. We're going to play golf for a whole weekend. We're going for four or five days. We're going to drink more than yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a humongous group. And yeah. I, I was just thinking, like, that's first of all, it's awesome to have such a... And yeah. it wasn't like, you know, with 28 guys, you would assume this is not a tight group, but it's kind of tight. No, it's a very tight group. It's a very tight group. So this is a very tight group from uh, from Stony Brook, where I went undergrad. Most um, of the 28 are from college. Yes, most of them for college. Yeah, pretty much all of them are from college. You know, and there's a core group, right? Every year you get the same 12 guys, whatever. But then there's always that extraneous, yep. you know. Can't make it this year or my buddy's coming exactly, this year. Exactly, exactly. Or yeah. they bring in somebody new. And it's grown. And, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of ebbs and flows. But recently we've been getting 20-plus guys. And last year we had 25 guys on our 20. We had T-shirts, the whole nine yards. Is that right? And <laughs> the trip used to be three days. We've made, I don't know how we managed to make it four days. But now it's four days. And, yeah, uh, usually that goes in the other direction. <laughs> You know, know. The, 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 the noose had, gets a little tighter. Yeah, but. we got lucky. And it's a boondog, right? We call it a golf trip, but it's an excuse to go out and hang out with yeah, the guys. Yeah, I'm sure there are times yeah. too much drinking one night well, and let them know golf perhaps, in the next. Perhaps. And, it's, and you know what's so funny about it, Brian? It's it's this, it's like watching ESPN at 3 in the morning. It's the same episode you saw at 2, it's 1, you know, at midnight. <laughs> it's the same jokes. And, yep. You know what? You mean so from trip to year to year? From even, yes, every year you go and it's the same jokes. Yes. You know, it's I, the same, funny, same I, stuff. I do itineraries for my guide trips. They, they're kind of funny and yep. People just like to see them, but it's literally minute to minute. And everyone's like, I want to see the itinerary from this year. And I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, I'll get you. I'm just duping last year. So we're not going to do anything differently. So it's the same material. It's the same material. <laughs> and it's always, is it always the same place you go? Yeah, we stayed at the same. Well, I would say, well, recently, I would say the last 10, 15 years, we've stayed at the same place. It's amazing that they still allow us back. But uh, is there a story you could tell <laughs> that... You wouldn't regret telling on a, something yeah, that anyone could hear. There's a million great stories. I mean, there's you know, <laughs> none of which you can tell. There, a lot of them I'm just I'm reluctant to tell. No, but no, instance, I don't want you to. There do was it. the time when one of our friends got confronted by the manager at the pool and decided to throw the manager in the pool. <laughs> Is it <laughs> so, daytime? Uh, no, it was nighttime, um, and you know he spent a night in. in, in he went to jail, in for, jail that. for that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, but it, it's it's you know that was years ago. That was yeah. probably 15, 20 years ago. To the so you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've kind of learned to stay out of jail these days. Yeah. The trips. By the way, any story you want to tell where some other guy's going to jail, <laughs> right. feel free. No, you know, we're not giving names away anyway. <laughs> right. No, but it's a great trip. I mean, you know, it's it's we 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 intentionally make very early tea times because part of the fun is dragging yourself out. Who's going to make it out at eight a.m. Really? Being out till that, you know three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. 
and you'll be amazed. Like you know, wow. it's, it's the water. Like, this is Iron Man for it is for, Iron Man for, for debauchery. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and it's amazing. I mean, you'll you'll get ninety percent of the guys. I'm usually one of those that passes. Yeah, um, that would be me. That would be me too. But I'm one of the very few, and uh, you know, most of the guys get out there, and that's that's when a lot of the fun stories happen. You know, it's when you're on the golf course and you've really hung over, and you can't wait for the cart girl to come up and at nine o'clock in the morning and start re, you know. So you'll start drinking again in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, just to give you context, I just went to New Orleans for a friend's birthday. And, you know, I was debating whether three or four in the afternoon was too early or I wouldn't make it into the evening. So you guys are on a different yeah, league than I am. Yeah, just a, it's a blur. I mean, that's the it's it's wow. a blur. It, you know, we always we call it the fastest, you know, four days of, yep. the, of the year. And, go, it, for, yeah, and it literally is. I mean, you're there and you're and next thing you know, you're, it's, you know, it's Sunday and you're like, where am I? You yeah, know, what's, where's my flight? You Walk know, a shame to the airport. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Yeah, so I took you on a side again. It's a good time. It's but. Good time. But you you grew up in Katona. Yeah, you went to Stony yeah, yeah. Brook. To you met all these Brooks. fantastic guys. Great guys. Still friends with a lot of I know, them. Yeah. I know you got an MBA at NYU. NYU, yeah, NYU. I did my uh, so I was with uh, Merrill Lynch at the time, and they put me through the executive MBA program. So I I got my MBA in finance. That was a great program too, and I met a lot of really good people there too. Was Merrill the first? finance job you had out of Yeah, college. so um, when I left school, I went to um, this crappy job in Stamford, Connecticut, and I was also bartending at the Rusty Scupper was the name of the restaurant. <laughs> so, and I was actually having a ton of fun at the Rusty Scupper, and I hated my nine-to-five job. So, of course, I had my day job, which, you know, I had to drag myself into, but, you know, it was... It when was you're in your 20s, you can, you can, you can do pull that, that kind off. Of stuff. Yeah, and it was yeah. mind-numbing anyway, so um, I left, went up to Killington, spent a, uh, a season up there, a t- season and a half. The great thing about that also was I did the, the guy who owned the bars that I worked for up there owned a bar in Cape Cod, so I did a summer in Cape Cod as well. Where in Cape Cod? <sighs> I want to say Hyannis, but I'm probably wrong. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, A lot of fun. So those were interesting years. They were fun, right? Kind of getting that out of your system. And then when I came back to to New York, you know, I was kind of like, all right, now what? And, uh, you know, I was, you know, shacking up with some friends of mine in Rye, bartending at a bar in Rye, which is great. Love that. And I was looking for work in the city, and a friend of mine got me a job uh, at Merrill Lynch. And uh, wow, yeah, it was great. Is what they just easy jobs to get at the time? No, actually, to be honest, I wouldn't with you, think so. I was a, uh, a, a consultant. They they brought me in as a whatever you want to call it, a temporary worker, and I did temporary work there for about I'm going to say sixteen months or so before they actually hired me on into the uh, into the firm. Um, which was a great day for me, you know, getting excited, you know, okay, hey, sure. you know, finally get a job at a big company. And, yeah. you, know, that's, you know, I hated that first job I did. This was a fun job. I'm on Wall Street. These were the days where at 4.30 on a Friday, they would roll down the bars to the trading floor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the good old, you know, you'll hear about the good old days of Wall Street. They're yeah. long gone. But I you got, got you were there at the end. Of I got the, a taste oh. of the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So and it was fun. I mean, we had a lot of. It was just a different environment. It was very fun. Um, you know, they brought your lunches down to the trading floor and stuff. Yeah, so. you don't leave the trading floor. Yeah, it was great. It was actually uh, it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, I was living in a city at the time too. Actually, we'll go into Kim because that's where I met. You know, eventually met Kim, yep. my wife. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great job. So I did Merrill for a while, and uh, after Merrill, I went over to Goldman Sachs, and I was Goldman Sachs before they went public. <laughs> Funny story there too. <laughs> I started Goldman on a Monday. I think it was that Friday. So five days later, they went public. So, so you had tons of options. No, I had all this equity that I got <laughs> for being there for five days. It was did, wait, you really did? I did, yeah. Oh, I was making a joke. I, I this God honest truth. So you had you came in. I was in. the last class of people because they always hired on a Monday. I guess that yeah. was a, you know, and whatever, whatever I mean, the hire, was. Hirings came in on, on, on Monday. You had new, new people started on but a Monday. But you came in with a package that included equity. It didn't include equity because you're a private person. There was no equity at the firm at mm-hmm. the time. But what happened was like three months later, they gave equity to everybody that was at the company before it went public. Even, if, even if it was only five, five days, right. So. Was there any recognition that you were there for like no, a minute? No, they didn't say because it was zero to, uh-huh. you know, if you're there zero to five years, you got so much. If you're there I zero see. to 10 years, wow. I mean, five to 10, you got so much. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, now, of so course, there's going to be a story later on that's going to uh, yeah. counterbalance your good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But um, Goldman uh-huh. was a fantastic place. My role was a great place. Well, Goldman, Goldman is Goldman. I mean, you, Goldman. in the finance world that yeah, you yeah, were yeah. coming, getting into, you were at the Blue chip of all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. But th- we were talking about, you know, uh, my grad school experience. So Merrill, actually, there's a lot. There's another story behind that. So Merrill was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I had a great boss. I got, I got to the point though 
They put me through the MBA program, which was fantastic. And they paid for it. They paid for the whole thing. Yeah. God bless them. And yeah. it was great. I mean, and, and what a program. Two-year program. We traveled. It was in Shanghai. It was in Jeez. all over the place. It was a great program. And the 42 people, I was class president for, for the two years. And the t- those two year, those 42 people that I, I went to school with, I'm still in touch with most of them. As a matter of fact, we had like drinks the other day, like 25 of us showed up. That's great. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So you, it kept very tight. You have a habit of keeping in touch with 20-something people <laughs> yes. forever. <laughs> yeah. different no, groups. It's, it's nice though it's nice yeah. that you can have these connections Absolutely. and these uh, people to fall back on so it, it, it is it's a great network to have um, but yeah so I did do the uh, program through Merrill Lynch um, they didn't make me sign anything so when the, I literally graduated in May by like July or whatever it was of that year, I was at Goldman, Goldman Sachs. I so they, they didn't t- lock you in. They didn't lock me in. So two stories come out of that. One is a company like that; it's not going to be around forever. And they called it. They called it. They instituted and when they, unofficially they called it the Havraniak rule because <laughs> they made anybody else that went through that program sign a contract. Like I would, yeah. you know, if I leave within You'll, a year, I pay everything back. If I leave within two years, I pay yeah. whatever fifty. I don't know what the numbers were. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you outsmarted that. Merrill Lynch. Had been around for a hundred years at this point. <laughs> And you know the reason I left it, it's such a foolish thing, because when you're young and you just think, you know, I just got my MBA and, you know, the world's your oyster, the whole nine yards. And I remember I'm growing this team. I love my boss, great guy. And um, um, I'm growing this team and I'm hiring people, right? And then I'm, you know, I'm to the point now where I'm hiring people that I'm hiring in at a wage more than what I'm making. That doesn't and feel it right. It doesn't feel right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's naive, it's short-sighted, because, you yeah. know, experience will tell you that that'll all... Now, even out and get better in, in the long run. Absolutely. But, but, at, when the, you're but at the young, time, you're like, screw you're this. Like, screw this. And, I'm going and, to Goldman. And of course, at the time, I'm hiring. So I know all the, you know, the uh, um, uh, hiring people. What do you call those? Uh, the agents. The recruiters. recruiters thank yeah. you. I know all the recruiters. So, um, you know, I'm friendly with them. And I'm like, listen, you know, what do you got? So they had, yeah. well, we got a great one. I'm not being appreciated yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Goldman, 17 interviews later. 17. Wow. It's crazy. And they didn't figure out... They didn't figure you out after 17 interviews? <laughs> they still let That's me That's amazing they you were able to pull that the off. Door. Yeah, they still got me through the door. And what a company. I actually, I have nothing. That was a great company. And, yeah. and uh, You were there for like four or five years? Almost five years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a great talent. I mean, very entrepreneurial. The problem was it was grueling. Uh, yeah. It was grueling. They expect a lot from you. They do. And I mean, when I say a lot, it would be like midnight almost every night. All-nighters were not uncommon twice a month, maybe. Twice uh, a month, yeah. yeah. I, I, had, I had golden clients along my... During my legal career, so uh, yeah, I knew this, mm-hmm. and you know, you you kind of know what you're getting into right. when you go to Goldman, but yep. but living it's a different story. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and you know, it just got it got old, and 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 then I had a, a, a you know, Brianna came, my first daughter, and on Saturdays I'd go into the office with her on my uh, on you the took desk, her to the office, took her to the office in the car seat, put the car seat on my desk, you're trying to get sympathy, break. maybe get out of the no, just out. to give Kim a break. I think oh. she, you know, Kim would have ran oh, out when, they, on when, me. when when Brianna was really small. You yeah, said. yeah. So when she was an infant, I mean, we'd bring Kim her. has never thought about running no, out. Of on course you. not. She would never. I mean, you can't get any better than you. Get any better than her, but anyway, that's a whole another story. Um, but it it's um, it took its toll. It took its toll. And, and a common theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just could not. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just figured I got to you know do something different. So wound up, and you know we're going to go to this because I know you wanted to. Well, this is the hi- this is to me the center of my podcast. <laughs> you this part of the story, and, and you're you're being a ground zero at a very important point point yes. in the financial health of our country. So so put yourself in 2005. Um, you know, it's everybody should have a mortgage. Um, you can point fingers everywhere you want to. Well, let's start at the banks, which were. You know, giving everybody 120% equity on homes. Yeah. And, you know, they were diamond. I was one of them. Yeah, of course, of <laughs> course. You know, and you'd be foolish not to. Who yeah. wouldn't take that? We bought our homes within a couple of years of Absolutely. this movie you're about to describe. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that was a heyday. You know, it was another heyday. It was kind of like another heyday on Wall Street, right? I mean, it was just it, the banks were doing, they were, they were flush with, you know, cash and doing this and making a lot of money. And, again, you can blame everybody from the banks to the um, rating companies, and really at the heart of it was the government, you know, saying everybody needs to have a mortgage and we're going to start putting pressure on you if you don't give everybody yeah, a mortgage. I, yeah, I mean, the idea the idea was that the American dream included a home and we need to make it affordable yep. to people who otherwise yeah. would not be able to get it. Yeah, and but we can debate this and, you know, who's at fault. It doesn't matter. Well, at the I mean, end of the day, I mean crim- criminally, you know, everyone complains to this day that none of the bankers, you know, went to jail. Right. And, you know, I always thought that's silly as a lawyer. Neither did any of the politicians. Neither yeah, did any of the Arabians. But, but frankly, yeah. they nor should they. I mean, yeah. 
you know, from my legalistic view, no one committed a crime. I mean, there yeah. was a systemic problem yeah. that led to what we're going to talk yeah, about, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it wasn't a criminal problem. People have trouble, you know, you know, grasping that right. because a lot of bad things happened, yeah. and it just feels like someone yeah. should be going to jail for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never felt that the bankers should go to jail. At least punch in the face. Yeah, right? well, maybe that would have solved. Maybe right, everyone exactly. would have been happy exactly. with right. line up the bankers, line up the rating agencies. Right, but, something, something. Yeah. No, so, but I mean, so that's you know, so, setting the stage. So there you are. So I get this, you know, opportunity to go to Lehman Brothers, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, at that point, I'm chasing the dollars. I'm young. I'm trying to make. Yeah, you know, and in your industry, in fact, you know, moving around was not very uncommon. common. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, listen, I'm far from an athlete, but it's not different from being an athlete. You're just going to go whoever's going to pay you the most. You know. It's, it's finance. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's I mean, it's, by definition, right? It's what you do. You're going right? to go. You're going to chase after. It's company. very uncommon, especially today, to find somebody that's got really longevity at a bank at this yeah. point, and you As, know, and nor is it valued, frankly, right? Exactly. By future and, employers. And, and you're actually that's very true. And what people want is fresh ideas, fresher things. And that's what always <laughs> always drew, or, or that was my big draw to go to these other banks. Oh, you were from Goldman. Oh, come over here. Yeah. Tell us what you learned over there. Yep. So anyway, so off so, to Lehman you go. Off in to Lehman 2005. Go. 2005. Um, so, you know, decent package, probably more money. I, again, I don't remember everything, but I do remember that they took my stock over with me. So, you know, so, and again, part of Wall Street pay is stock. You get stock. When you say they took it over with you, did they? So I had stock that I was not vested with yet in Goldman that Lehman would actually buy you out. So they would say, okay, you have $100 worth of stock at Goldman. We're not going to take your, you know, you're going to give that up when you leave Goldman, but we'll give you $100 worth of Lehman stock yep. when you come in. Yep. Okay, fine. I don't care, right? Everything at that point is up, up, up. Yeah, everyone's right? doing great. And Lehman's a great company. Great company. At one point, their market cap exceeded Goldman. I remember being at, in the Lehman building. On when, that happened, when that okay. happened. And everybody was like so excited about it. Um, and uh, anyway, so fine. Okay, I don't care. And, you know, it was the typical rules. I think it was a three-year vest and a five year hold or something like that. I don't remember the yeah, for, So for the non-finance people, basically, and, or, you know, you, you have to, hold, you can't, they can give you anything you want, but in the first three years, whatever the term is, you can't sell a penny of it. Right. You're stuck with it. And, and frankly, you're probably happy to be stuck with it because it's only going up. You don't care. And in the meantime, you're getting paid, you know, at least 30%. I don't even remember the numbers, but at least 30%. Because Goldman, I mean, Lehman was very heavy on stock payments. So they would pay you a lot of your, you know, annual compensation in stock. And again, you don't care. You're fine. This is great. And plus, you're giving yeah. you a discounted rate and it's accumulating. Everything's great. You know, nothing I'm going to retire bad. when I'm 40. You know, <laughs> you know right. this is going to be awesome. The number that all the finance guys talk about. <laughs> right. What's exactly. the number I got to hit to get right. out of here? Exactly. Exactly. All, all is great. All is great. And then we all know what happened. So there what, what I happened. Am. So what so happened? Something happened. Something happened. Yeah. So um, you're there three years yeah, plus, yeah. and and then everything blows up, right? So it was a systemic problem. It wasn't just a Lehman problem. Yeah. Well, actually, let me let me. You know, I assume most of the our vast listeners are know what happened. But basically, the the 2008 financial crisis, which everybody knows about, uh, the the pivotal event. There was we could debate other, you know, events that led up to it. But when Lehman went under. In September of 2008, that was the, and that's ground zero for the financial crisis. You're at Lehman. Well, actually, remember, before Lehman, Bear Stearns. Bear Stearns, right. But Bear Stearns, it was kind of a blip. People didn't, I mean, it wasn't a blip probably in the financial world, but, you know, we survived it. Yeah. It should have been the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was for, like, we knew it. Like the there were we knew it we knew when you that say you knew it so you when Bear goes under, under we were just because I remember JP was struggling at that point yeah. they they kind of got themselves out of it but okay. this is like a, a more than a year earlier about a year earlier okay. so is I'm gonna say because remember I remember 2007 I'm again my years are blurry here you probably remember better than I because you have a better memory but no, I, just, I litigated some of these things so I had no <laughs> choice right. and I don't have a good memory anymore but rounding out the year 2007 you know and I had to think of that because you remember you get compensated in 2008 for 2007 it yeah. wasn't terrible it wasn't like we were yeah. down 50% it was like I think we were down 5% or something whatever but, but it wasn't despite that with the bear thing but happening just, no because bear didn't happen until like the first quarter of 2008 or around then it okay was, it was around that are you sure I think yeah. it was 2007 event. yeah well I could be again wrong. my no I'm pretty sure it's 2008 doesn't matter the point, the point being Another big company. Yes. You know, doing first. the same thing you're doing. Same thing. Exact same thing. Happened to them first. As soon as Bear went down, you were worried. I presume, though, you didn't have... You weren't worried about the economy going down. No, yeah. That was, the sky was falling. The sky really? was falling. Yeah, you can start wow. seeing it. So here I am now, like, oh, my God. You know, this has been a great up until now. Yep. What do I do? So I'm, like, now looking for a job. But guess what? Bear Street just closed. Okay, so you're looking for a job... 
even before, long before oh, leaving. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out of the blue, I remember like to get this call in like July from this from this woman, and um, you know she's speaking to me, go, are you it's still looking? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she goes, oh, we think we have a role for you at this bank. And, you know, it's a large international bank, which I'm you know not going to name because I work there now. Um, oh, but, I didn't I didn't know that your interaction with that bank, yeah, preceded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they asked me, "Are you interested?" And I'll never forget the woman's name. Her first name was Nicole, and I know her last name, but I'll, I'll, I'll re- refrain from using it. Yes, we don't want any. It, you're doing everyone a favor to disassociate them <laughs> yeah. from this particular podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, you know, she goes, "You're interested?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." I remember I went in, I you know interviewed, and it was like a horrifically long process you know now again it's all summer it's taking um i don't remember the exact dates but i'm probably starting to talk to these folks in june or july and just put in perspective you know i was in my still working at lehman brothers on a sunday night and i think it was like september i'm gonna make up a date i think it was like 13th or something sunday night and you know it was like walls were falling all of all over the place it was around it was after midnight around midnight and I hear on TV, Lehman has gone bankrupt. That's how you found out. That's how I found out. You're in the office. No, no, I'm at home. Right. Oh, you're I'm at home. home. It's a Sunday night. Sunday night around 12. We would go to work. This was like September 13th or something? Yeah, it was around September. Yeah, was By the way, September. I had just started my new job at an international law firm on September 2nd. Oh, God. Yeah, so I we I, I remember, I mean, this was this was as big as it gets. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. Lehman, was how many years had Lehman been around? 120? Forever. It was like, yeah. The was, oldest bank. Yeah, yeah. Well, I loved what Barry used to say. It was like 150, 150 years, never an unprofitable quarter until the quarter they went back. <laughs> they went bankrupt. So you're at home yeah. and you find and out. I find out. I'm watching TV. And of course, then my Blackberry comes on. And, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. What does this mean? You know, cause I, I have this thing, you know, the only thing I have is this possibility at this other bank yep. that I'm applying to in, in a, in a finance world that's collapsing. In and, itself. Right. So, and I'm like, what is, I have no idea what to do. I don't, do I go to work tomorrow? I'm like, I don't even, you know, again, so the scotch is pouring at that point. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. So I get an email. It was from the, uh, the administrator. I forgot who it was at the time, but they're like to all employees, Report to work. You will be paid. You know, come on in. And that was the funkiest time coming into work. That the well, next couple. I, of weeks. I assume there's like you know, TV trucks outside. Yeah, TV. It was surreal. It was they, like the they, they love to get the shot of the employee Absolutely, taking the, the box. boxes. Out. Right, exactly. Were you one of those box no, guys? No, no, no. Please, God, no. <laughs> but it was just the weirdest thing. But like you know, the the first couple of days, you're like what what am I doing here? You know, this is like you know, what am I supposed to do? And but, by the way, and probably things are detonating in your mind, the ramifications yeah, of your situation. Absolutely, because you don't know what to do. The only thing is, again, they reassured you that you were getting paid. So you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to go in and get paid. I don't know what else to do at this time. But, you know, that would be like, you know, you show up at 10, you'd hang out for an hour or two, you'd run over to Mulligan's across the street for lunch, take a, you know, two or three hours. A little hour longer lunch, than normal. A little longer than normal. Go back, realize there's nothing to do because there was literally nothing to do. Yeah, you're, you're not then, trading, you're not, you're not, going you're not on. conducting business. And it was the weirdest thing. And I think what the administrators were doing was trying to sort out, obviously, who needs to do what, what needs to be done. But yeah. in that meantime, you're just kind of like not doing anything. So what, what's, what is it like being there? with? What are the other people saying? Like, are you just congregating in offices and like... Literally, or, no, well, I would like to say we're congregating offices, but it's usually the place across the street. <laughs> and everyone's like, just, what are we doing? What are we going to do? What are we doing? I have no idea. And that was really what we how, don't know. How long did that go on for? Well, it went on until about, I, I guess I started with this company I'm at now. It was like, it was about, it was this time in October. So around October, early October. So about around a week later. Um, so the next you know, week, I call the person I'm, that's recruiting me. I said, listen, you saw the news. I don't know what's going on. I really need an answer here. Am I am I pursuing this or not? And you're at this point, you're pretty close to an offer yeah, in your mind close. from very from the bank that you're very close. Okay. And sure enough, within a week or two, I got the offer. Yeah, it was by the way, what a miracle! I mean, so this is the good part of the story, which is like yeah. you know, in a market, you know, people were getting laid off. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. unemployment rates going sky yeah. high. Yeah. You know, to get a job on Wall Street is impossible Absolutely. at this point, and Absolutely. you have one. So, and I, and so you're a lucky guy. I, 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 I look, I look back, and I, I tell this to everybody. I'll listen. I was, I'm the luckiest guy in the world for that. You know, yes. to lose my job at least. Well, now, tell, tell, tell the unlucky. Well, part of the okay. Story. So the good side is I didn't lose any cash flow, right? So I went from one job. I actually think I got a bump in my pay when I went into this new role, which is fantastic. So I had yeah. no cash flow issue. The problem is going back to the stock issue that we talked about. So I had all this stock tied up at Lehman. So I was at Lehman for you know maybe four years. I don't remember the exact time. And, and your stock at Lehman reflected the four or five years you were at Goldman in well, a sense. two things. So it was yeah. all the stock that I made while at Lehman as a, you know, a fairly 
paid, you know, I, again, let's put that in perspective. I'm a finance guy. I'm not a investment banker. So, yeah, so I'm not the million dollar yeah, guy. Let me, let me explain that for schmucks. a second. So, <laughs> so in the banks, and to correct me when I'm wrong, and I will be, there's a back office, very crudely speaking, mm-hmm. there's a back office and a front office in mm-hmm. a sense. The back office are the people who, you know, you would think of them as accountants, but right. in a bank like that, you're talking about highly skilled people who are in in the back making mm-hmm. sure legal, regulatory, right. accounting, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is being accounted for in a way that our system requires. The right. front office guys are the guys who tend to be generating the profits. Right. And they get, you know, they're the people who when politicians say, you know, we got to tax those people, they're the people making mm-hmm. Millions and tens of millions of dollars. That's right. The back office people could do very well in yes, banks, but well. they're not doing. Listen, like I'm that. not. No one's going to complain. You know, that's no. why you went to the banks because they paid, right? Yes. And that's the reason why you went. But, so but I'm you're not, not going to be. I'm not going to be at the same know, yeah. regretful or, or you know. Or, no, or, no. But at the same time, you're being fair I'm, and pointing out. I'm, I'm not, not a guy. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be grouped in with yes. the people you're making not, three million bucks a year. That's yeah. not me. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, you're making a decent amount of money, and you know, certainly enough to you know to raise a family in this area, which takes a lot. But the 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 stock I made is always money that you said, okay, this is money I put aside. You never spend it. And yeah, it, it's going to be there for me. It's going to be there and for I'm gonna, me. And I'll be off to the Caribbean for my retirement. Right, exactly. I can go do a second career when I'm 50. I can go teach, do whatever I want to do, yes, write a book, do whatever I want to do. This right? is It's kind of like your guarantee. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. You, it's, you know... It's lucrative Absolutely. over over time. Absolutely, and and yeah. that's what you go, and that's what you work there. And so, that's why. So, and by the way, that's why you work twelve hours a day. I mean, let's, that's right. I also have to. I mean, I, it's not a. Of course, it's not a walk in the park. This, but this was this this fund that was building up yep. in your retirement yep. was the incentive to do that. And what happened? Yeah. When, so I had a double, I had a double whammy. I had a double whammy. <laughs> so when I went over to Lehman, they they took over all the stock that I had and they bought it out, put it into Lehman stock, and told me they would put it into my compensation pool, which is normal and that's fine and that's okay. Sure. So what would happen was is that when I when Lehman went bankrupt, I was literally like four months short or three months short of, of the vesting. Actually, it was the hold or the vest or one or the other. But from from Goldman, I lost everything from Goldman that I had transferred over, plus all the stock that I had accumulated so, while I was yeah. at Lehman. Let me let me put that because I'm a lawyer and I'm really good with words. You lost everything. I lost everything. You lost, lost everything. everything. And I remember... And I was the luckiest guy in the world for that. Because you had a job. Because I had a cash no. flow. Well, you know? I mean, the luckiest guy in the world has the cash flow, has a new job, and somehow keeps that money. Mm-hmm. So you're... Yes, but nobody did that. So in a sense, you right. are the luckiest. So we're friends by now. Uh, I moved to Field Point, our development, in 2004. This is 2008. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, not day-to-day when this was happening, but shortly thereafter, you know, I probably saw you, mm-hmm. whether it's on a softball field or somewhere else. Probably a bar. Yeah, or a bar. Darts. Or darts. Yeah. And um, you told me you lost everything. And you confided in me what that dollar amount was. And I was flabbergasted for you. But I I, I remember thinking from that day on, you know, I love this guy. Because (laughs) he just told me something that, like, a lot of people would jump off buildings. And you're like, hey, I'm good. I'm good. And you, I still, I can still to this day, and I would, I'll say it again. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. Well, listen, that makes two of us. The firm I was at in 2008 that I had left, you know, to join this new firm on September 2nd, Mm -hmm. you know, went under four months later. And I had a job that I had no business having other than by pure luck. Right. No skill. Yeah. Just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I would tell you that. that. (laughs) I mean, but pure luck. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great, though, that you can have that attitude because, you know, you basically lost at that time your retirement. And of course, you, you're still young enough to yeah, build yeah, yeah. it back, and you have. But, and that's what I did. You know, but, and you just pick up, and you. Yeah. And again, you can point, we can point fingers and say what was wrong, what was right. But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It happened. Yeah, and by the way, if it, it will happen again, yeah. not the same way it happened this time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been now eleven years in this recovery, and guess what? We're going to have a recession, and maybe we're going to have a, another great recession. Things right. will happen. I mean, yeah, nobody right. knows what the next you know weak point yeah, systemically absolutely. is in the system, absolutely. but it's there. Absolutely. And every time people predict that you know the, the business cycle has been repealed and we're not we're going to have a soft landing we're right. not going to have a, a depression nobody knows nobody knows nobody anything knows. Yeah. because there's 300 and something million people in this country and billions in the in the economic system mm-hmm. and it's not something well, that's subject to predictability and that's another that's a good point you bring up because it's not just what happens in the US anymore we are that's so right. interconnected with what's going on globally and that's again one thing I'm learning about I've learned well not learned but I've, it's really solidified in the last 10 years of my career 
is, is, and it's really happened over the last 10, 15 years in our career, what's happening in China matters. What happens in Britain here matters here. You know, it's like the all stock the market reflects that every absolutely. single day. I mean, you know, absolutely. It, it reflects it reflects that more than our actual, what, you know, 20 years ago. And how is the company doing? Nobody really cares. The company's doing it. What's the yeah. where's the sentiment right now? Are we going to get a trade resolution with China? Yeah. Are the is there going to be a, a soft landing in Brexit? Is Europe ever going to come out of their recession? You know, yeah. it's crazy. So yeah, we've been very fortunate in America. Absolutely, we're still, we're still leading. It's funny. I and I and that's another thing. I, I mean, another conversation for another time. But how long is the U.S. dollar going to be the dominant currency? I think those days are numbered. I I hope you're wrong. I, 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 I am I too, but I don't think I am. Um, you're right. It is a, we could do a whole podcast on that. But um, it's a real advantage that us Americans take for granted that, our, that we're basically the, uh, the currency that, you know. You know, you can travel the world, and, and, and I have, and you can say, you know, it's going to be cheaper there. Cheap. It's not. It's cheaper here. It's yeah. always cheaper here. Yeah, it's a huge advantage to be the, the, the currency that, yeah. that the world You're not, you're not going to get cheaper than Woodbury Commons. <laughs> you, no. you can go to Hong Kong, and if it's a legitimate polo shirt, it's yep. going to be cheaper in Woodbury Commons. That's I guarantee true. it. That's true. Guarantee it. So um, you are, you've been on my dark team. <laughs> At times, which is it seems like a natural progression from what we've been talking about. <laughs> yes. um, and let me, uh, it's come up, I believe, in the podcast several times, but um, I, have a, I had a dart team that I started shortly after I moved to this lovely development where you live. And, um, you know, from time to time, we were short a player, and you were perfect because you couldn't commit to anything because you were in Buffalo or. Or Bangladesh. Do you remember the time I came back from Hong Kong and Wait. we had a dart game up in in White Plains? I, I, and I by literally, way, I literally spilled off the airplane. You were non-communicative. <laughs> by the way, yes, I do, and I want to talk about that if that's okay. You were the guy who would fill in when we were short a guy, which would happen from time to time. You couldn't commit to to be on the on the dart team on a regular basis, but you traveled so much. But you were game for anything. You ba- you know you barely threw a dart, but you didn't care. Because <laughs> right. darts was sent was played in a bar, and right. you were, that was appealing to you. Yes. And yes, the story you're about to tell, I think it was Chicago actually, <laughs> but I could be wrong. You, we need. We were short a guy. I somehow we communicated. I said, Mike, we need you. And he's like, oh, Well, I'm I'm flying back tomorrow. If I can get back in time, I'll come and I'll I'll. I'm like, Great, thank you. Please try because we don't want to forfeit. Right. And we're up in White Plains, New York. And we're in the bar, and the match is already in progress. And I'm like, Mike says he's coming. He's landed. <laughs> so you finally come, come to the bar. And, and, you know, you had had a long flight. You had a few cocktails on the, to, to make the flight a little better. Maybe a couple in the car service on the way there. And you came into the bar. I'm like, Mike, you're here. Thank you so much. You're up next. And you didn't say anything. You just like, you just smiled. You were happy as could be. You're like, got it. But I'm like, you didn't say anything. And you went and played a dart match. We had the night together. And I don't think you said two words. So. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It, it was, was, yes, I, it was a great relief. And that was a great thing. I love playing on that team. And I love those guys. Guys, you know, Jay, Dave, and um, and a couple yeah. times we had some altercations. Can I tell the altercations? Story? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're playing in Largemont. I remember <laughs> this at the Cellar Bar, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, this come this has come up a couple times in podcasts that back in the old days, and cousin Dave would would say all the old days, like nine years ago, not that long <laughs> right. ago, right? And we were playing darts. You know, I was kind of still competitive and still the way I was in my twenties and thirties. You know, we would get into sometimes altercations with the other team. Um, I started mellowing out, and I'd been pretty mellow, mellowed out by the time this particular match in Largemont happened. But I'm I'm the scorekeeper at a dart match, and the other team <laughs> thinks I, I'm just like listening to music and I'm moving a little <laughs> to the music, and I'm kind of happy well, to be hold there. On here. Let's just put it in perspective. This is when he says he's listening to music. We'd go into like a biker bar somewhere. <laughs> And he would be playing Britney Spears in front of the jukebox. All right, so okay, so you learn exactly as docile as you're making okay, yourself so, sound. So there's some animosity to begin with. Yes. But then the other the other team would sometimes get upset that if I'm moving too much or distracting them when they're throwing, they would they would be upset. And at the time, I would maybe sometimes get into a verbal altercation with them. And one time it got a little uglier with a guy where you know it looked like it's going to be a fight. And I guess, in the, you know, with the drinks in us and whatever, I would I would not back down from it. And this one particular, I, the, the story that leads to you is I'm getting into this verbal altercation and potential fight with this guy. And 
it's going to go to maybe fisticuffs. <laughs> and he walks, and you get, you decide, you know. And by the way, I haven't told the audience about you. Mike <laughs> is a big guy <laughs> in all the good ways. He's, what are you, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5"? You're a big guy. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not, no, you're no shrinking violet. And Mike sees that I'm in an altercation with a guy, and you're not, you know, you join in. And the guy decides at this point, not because of me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he goes, he goes running to the bathroom and locks the door. And Mike's like banging on the door. It's like, hey, listen, we can settle this right now. Why don't you come out? And you were, you were, I'm like, I finally got a guy on my team who's got my back. <laughs> because all the other guys would run away normally. Right. So um, this fight, like all the other fights on the podcast, right. nothing happened. Nothing but, happened. Uh, but I appreciated that you were you <laughs> yeah. were there for me. Did that guy ever come out of the bathroom? I, I think, think he's still in the bathroom now. <laughs> he, he, and he, I, I think he, never been, his bowels have never been cleaner since <laughs> right, when exactly. you scared him. No, that so, was fun. I used to love darts. I used to love, and, just to give your, everyone a perspective of how good I was, uh, <laughs> I used to have to love playing the outer, the outer circle, the, the doubles. And the only, the let, me, let me explain that because we never <laughs> talked about yes. this. There's two main games in darts if you're a serious dart player. There's cricket and 501. Cricket, you're just trying to hit the numbers, and anyone who's seen a dart board would understand that. But 501 is a game where you have to hit the numbers too, but eventually there's a thin rim of... Of, of dartboard that to win the game you have to just hit that thin rim yes. very difficult a little more skillful yes 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 please and continue two things about that one is it's on the outer rim of the dartboard yeah so if you miss the dartboard you could it wasn't that bad it was a legitimate <laughs> shot yes right. so I mean because sometimes as Brian <laughs> alluded to I mean I would go and I would be throwing darts and I'm really not that good you and sometimes know. I would just miss the dartboard but if you missed the dartboard or going off for the outer rim I guess that was okay so I never got you know so chastised you felt- for that I was like, it was okay listen we, we were so grateful that you were there <laughs> Exactly. We, oh, but golf, I, golf is just like—I mean, darts is just like golf. It's you can, and I just played Sunday, and I'm not a good golf player, and I, I play infrequently. And it's the same thing with darts. You don't—if you don't do it a lot, you know. You used to tell me you used to have the board and you used to play at you, work. You have you to practice for hours. Practice, 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 right? It's muscle memory. It's the same way. It's like anything else, right? So, um, so I, golf is the game where you can be out, and if you play 18 holes and you get one par, that's all you care about. It's the only thing you talk about on you know when you're at the drinks uh, after the golf thing. The, the good hole you did. When we when we were at 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 darts, and I would like win the game with a double or a triple or something, and I just felt like, oh my goodness, this is you, you, there's not a happier feeling. There's not a happier feeling. By the way, that's true. It's very. I mean, yeah. It, because think about what a dart. Like you're throwing a dart, and it hits that thing. It's yeah. instantaneous. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. even a home run in baseball yeah. where it's sailing. Is it going right. to go like that? Boom! And, and, boom! And, and I people, won. And people probably don't realize. The folks listening probably don't realize how much of a team sport it really is. Yeah. It's a team sport. It so you're, you're doing it for the team. Every time you're up there, you're doing it for the team. The team so when you hit, and when you hit, hit it, it, the team's it's just like you feel side. great, right? It's just an awesome feeling. Darts, I, I love darts. Darts were great. Yeah, 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 we loved great. having you. Yeah, it was fun. It was always like a special guest appearance from Mike. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed it. So so we're getting later into the podcast, and I, I wanted to briefly give you the opportunity to talk about your, your kids yeah. and your and your wife. Listen. And, and let yeah. me tell you this. Uh, I'll just start by saying you have two daughters. And one of them is in a grade lower than my son, Jacob. And one of them is in a grade higher. Mm-hmm. And my son had the, the good fortune to be in classes with both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so and, funny. And know them. And, and not only know them, but like both of them love them. You know, they, <laughs> they, 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 they love them. Yeah, by the way, you told me stories about my son that I didn't know yeah, through like, your daughters. Because he was smarter than all the kids, all the teachers, never mind the kids, all the teachers in the school, <laughs> right? So... Um, you know, he had basically carte blanche to come and go and do what he wanted to do. And I didn't know that until oh, you told yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah. Explain my, that because I don't even understand that. Well, he would just listen. The, the the kid is just crazy smart, and um, and I think it was recognized by the teachers that you know this guy is you know he, whatever we're going to do, we don't have to teach this guy because he's just going to go home and learn everything, and you know he's going to become an A student anyway. But he would come and go. He would just come into class. And, I'm sorry. He would come into class and he would leave halfway through. And, you know, nobody would question it. It was just like, okay, he's leaving. <laughs> but okay. When you told me that story that he would just leave class, yeah. he'd never come home and told me and Elise. Why would he? That he he'd would need to tell you that. But you told me the story how, you know, you know 10, 15 minutes into class, he'd, he'd decide. Yeah, I forgot he would tell the, the teacher word. something like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go do something, Bri- but I'll be back. Brianna had a word for him and I forgot what it was. Savage. 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 I didn't yes. know what savage yes. meant. 
She, Brianna used to call him savage. She used to love him. She goes, "He's that guy's savage." He because he, he just he just he just controlled his own, you know, agenda. You know, he, he would literally he get up in the class. You yeah, told me, "Get up and leave," and I'm going to go. And I'll, I'll be back. Get up and and leave. you told me a story once where um, he left the class, and then like with five minutes left, he yeah. came back to class, and they're applauding him. Oh, right. Jacob, you came back. back. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Exactly. The teacher's happy. Right. Everybody's happy. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had, he had, he, he controlled his own destiny there. So, and, yeah. you know, and he, he loved it. He had a great time. As so both my daughters, actually, Maddie would say the same thing. She actually, you know, <laughs> loved well, them. You, well, you have great daughters. Let's talk about them briefly. You have a daughter who's a sophomore. Yes, my it, daughter at, Brianna, at University of Miami, and my God, she's loving it. And uh, what's well, not the love, yeah, right? Univers- University of Miami, University of Miami. So down in Florida, yes, not the Ohio in, in in Florida. And you know, it's kind of great because Brianna was different than Maddie. We'll get to Maddie, but Brianna always wanted to go to to Miami ever since she was like a sophomore. And I knew I didn't know what it was, but whatever, you know, she she's got a passion for something, and Miami wouldn't be so bad. So my like, okay, I'll support <laughs> this. Um, and uh, yeah, she got into Miami. I mean, she's loving it, having a great time, and uh, just you know having a great experience. Actually, Kim and I are going tomorrow to go see her for a few days, so looking forward to that. We'll see her, you know, we'll spend a lot of time there in February or March. People are like, does she come home to visit? Like, no, why is she going to come home? We're going to go down and visit her. My, I mean, she's in Miami. <laughs> she's in Miami, so it's great. And, and really, By the way, a great girl. Yeah. Um, she's hardworking. Hardworking. She, she was the maitre d' at the, at the restaurant we're going to as soon as this is over. Yes, yes. I mean, she yes. she likes to make a buck. She No, no. She's She's got that gene in me, thank God. You know, um, she's got her mom's looks, thank God. But she's got the work gene from me where she, over the summer, like she works at a... The Westchester Country Club in Rye, and she'll do you know fifty hours there, and then she'll do yeah. another 10, 20 hours at the yeah. Red Hat. So she's great. Love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, that uh, you know that whatever you want to call it. That's a great uh, yeah. great attitude to have towards work. And and Maddie, your other daughter, Maddie's who's... a senior in high school, so she's a senior right now, and she's just looking at schools. As a matter of fact, she just came back yesterday from Tulane. She was down there looking at oh, Tulane. Tulane. Oh God, forbid she goes to Tulane. <laughs> Tulane. All, all these New Orleans. For those trips. people who don't know Tulane, it's in New Orleans. New Orleans. Exactly. Uh, which, by the way, I think everyone should just go to Tulane. Exactly. You might as well, right? Exactly. But she's looking at a lot of schools. I think she's going to wind up at a big uh, southern school as well. So whether that's Tulane, USC, um, Cle- not USC, no. West Coast, but uh, South, South Carolina. Carolina yeah. um, Clemson or Georgia, one of those schools. Yeah, we'll see what she gets into, but yeah, yeah, that's where she's kind of focused. I think that's where she's going to focus, And too. she's great. And she knows, and Jacob and her have yeah, been friends since they too. were like, yeah, yeah. you know, we got here at Irvington. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Maddie actually stayed back in kindergarten, so she's actually Jacob's age. But a year behind. She back a year behind. But I love that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. smart. And you're married, right? So, yeah, so Kim. All right, so where do we start with Kim? So the, the, how I met Kim, why don't we go with that, because that's a good sure. story. So, you know, listen, I was back in whatever this was, uh, 96, 97 or something. So I'm, you know, 30 years old or whatever. And I'm in, uh, in living in Manhattan. And every night you go out in Manhattan, what do you try to do when you're in Manhattan, when you're with the guys? Meet girls. Meet girls, right. So you're out trying to meet girls. Yes. So this was a Tuesday night. I remember this like yesterday. And it was a Tuesday night. And the Rangers, this is the year that the Rangers, so this had to be 93, 94 when the Rangers oh, were. 94, the, the when they won the cup. Yeah. Right. So uh, we were out, and we went to all bars, Dorian's on 84th and 2nd. Dorian's, yes. where there was a big, uh, you know, guy. Robert Chambers. Yeah, Robert right. Chambers. Right? Right. So, but that was a pretty cool bar, and it still is totally. a cool it's bar. A typical, like, you know, yeah, cool. Upper East Side bar, right? Type. It's a typical Upper East Side you bar. Met your, you met your wife at, at Dorian's? Yeah. So what, but it, the funny thing is, O'Brien, we go there, and it's me and my roommates, like literally like three of us, you know, so me and my two roommates, we go mm-hmm. to watch the Ranger game on a Tuesday night. The one night a year, I am not looking. You're not on the prowl. Not on a prowl. You know, so I'm probably, like, you know, whatever. So we show up there, and we're watching the game. There's a group of girls at the bar getting hammered. It's one of the girls' birthdays and everything. And, uh, oh, I hate girls who are doing that. <laughs> right, exactly. Stay away from them. <laughs> right. So, and again, and I, I don't remember the exact details, but at one point, one of her friends was talking to me, and apparently I was rude and not like, because, again, I'm watching the game. Rude? There with my you? No, rude in the sense I was ignoring her. You know, I was just, like, trying to watch the game. You're living your life. You were living right, your life. Exactly. I'm not, the one night, I'm not actually trying to pick up a girl. It's not like the Rangers <laughs> win the cup every, right, every exactly, 40, exactly. 40 years in the coming. This is more important than, than that. Um, and all of a sudden, this, you know, beautiful girl comes up to me and starts yelling at me like why are you being rude to your friend and uh you know 20 
three years later being married and here so, we are. So you decided that the girl who yelled at you in your first interaction was the one you yeah. wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, that was it. I mean, the funniest thing too about that, it was like a Tuesday, and this is old school, right? You're meeting a girl at a bar who does that today, right? But that's, that's right. Was, What's a bar? We, right? to, to, for your younger listeners, that's what we used to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> physically. <laughs> right. So I remember it was like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or whatever. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. So it was What's like, a cell phone? right. So I'll call you on Saturday. We'll go out. Right. Type of thing. That's how we end the night. Right. So. Wait, so she yelled at you and you. Made a love connection, so through the yelling. Yeah, yeah, we we wound up spending the rest of the night together. It was like it was a, it was. So you turned her around, like she she didn't. Oh uh, well, you were the sure. Jerk. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. But our friends will give you one story, and she'll give you another story. But whatever, the story doesn't matter. We we, we, we got <laughs> together, um, but at the, you know again we left and you know parted our ways for the night. And I said, I'll call you over the weekend and we'll, we'll go out. You know, you know, and that's always, you know, is this a one night thing? I don't know. Who knows, right? Yeah. I might just meet this person. Well, at least from the, from the feet, from her perspective, she doesn't know where you're going with this. Exactly. Exactly. So the Saturday comes. I remember calling her from my apartment and this is the reaction. I'm like, hi, it's Mike. And she's who? <laughs> Who's this? Wait, who? And she'll tell you this. She, she actually says it even funnier. But she, she'll be like, she had no idea who I it mean, was. No idea who it was. Well, what did you get to trigger her memory? I of don't you? remember. Whatever. The guy who was rude. The guy the jerky guy. The tall. The guy who guy. looks like Lionel Wagner. <laughs> but, we, but uh, you know, we're getting to the end here. So I might as well say, and my and people, will say, I will post a picture of you, and I have a good one of you. Um, you look a little like Lionel Wagner. My cousin <laughs> David this. said that you did, and Lionel Wagner. Anyone who's over 40 will know who you, who I'm talking about. Anyone under 40 will say, who? But there was a, a TV show called Wonder Woman. Yes, it wasn't Gal Gadot, and she wasn't Wonder Woman back then. Right. But, you know. Lindsay Wagner. That, that, this, this guy, the love interest in, in that TV show in the, in the 70s and 80s, you look a little like him. <laughs> yes. You do, you okay. do. Mike's a handsome right. guy, and they're going to see the picture, and they're going to see what I see. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so eventually I got Kim to come out and have a have a dinner with me. And, uh, yeah, it's been almost, uh, let's see, it's going to be 22 years, I think, coming up. So and you guys are still getting along? Yeah, it's really Is great. it because you got the new kitchen? <laughs> By the way, you're still bitter about that, aren't but, you? Uh, the funny thing is, <laughs> yes. so me and Mike live in a development where there's five models of homes. And it just so happens that Mike and I have the same model of home. For but the you most have part. the basement, Brian. I have I a basement. basement. Mike doesn't have a basement. I've never been in my basement except for, <laughs> for this podcast. But um, So Mike, we have the same model of home. And... You know, our house was built in the '80s, and we have this, we had this kitchen that is so '80s. Like you can, you know, if they're going to do an '80s show, Stranger Things. Oh, let, 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 me, let me put it into perspective. So our our houses were built in '87. Yeah. So the first year or two, and I'm in the house, maybe three years or whatever. These these kitchens were old, and I don't know if you have the original oven, but it was the uni oven had the microwave on top with the, the range on the bottom. I wasn't lucky enough. <laughs> okay, so I had the original stove in there. So I remember I'm going in. We we were going to Florida the next day. The kids were really young, like very young. And I, I'm doing like bills in the dining room, you know, not our room, our building, our, 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 our houses are huge. But I'm in the room adjacent, right next to it doing bills. And I throw a bag of popcorn in the microwave to start, you know, popping. So I go in and I start doing the bills. And all of a sudden, like I hear popping and I'm hearing like fizzling and crackling and I'm smelling smoke. I come back out to get the freaking things on fire. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, thank God I had a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I put the thing out. The fire department came the whole nine yards. But it was the original stove. It was the original 1980 you, you stove. Had, well, I, well, here's the thing where we're going to diverge a bit from our stories. I, we had the same kitchen. It was, we called it retro. <laughs> that is the, nicely said. But the, but the point is, you redid your kitchen the last year or two. And you have this beautiful modern kitchen. People are going to want to buy your house one day. It's beautiful like Wolfgang Puck, you know, Gordon Ramsay. They want to cook in your kitchen. My kitchen's the same. It looks – they're going to do the Brady Bunch reunion in my kitchen. So – and you get to see it on the way out. So so that's what we have with these houses. Yes, yes. We, 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 it's very interesting where we live. We, we have these big houses. They're beautiful. We're very fortunate to be where we are. Absolutely. But um, great location to the high school. Yeah, but 
But at the same time, it's like, you know, they're cookie cutter homes and they are there. And whenever you get a contractor there and they're like, I can't believe they did that. Right. Like we had one ground fault thing for the whole house. You know, they're like, yes. How are you? (laughs) Well, well, here's a a month ago. I did. I'll I'll, we're going to end with this story. It's going to be from me. (laughs) I decided I wanted to install a bidet on my 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 bathroom in in my master bedroom. And I got it from Costco, and I'm not going to explain what a bidet is. People look it up if you don't know. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of free time on my hands, so I'm going to install it myself. All you need to do to install a bidet is install an extra line so that the water line that goes into your toilet is a second line that goes into the bidet. Right. So you just ha- it's kind of like, think of just taking one line and making it two. Right. It's, it's, it's easy as can be. Yep. So... I get my pliers out and my my wrench, and you know we got this we got this field point house. It's gonna be easy. And it's gonna be easy. Beautiful home, and I'm using the wrench. To, I have to take off the water line to start, and just I turn turn off the valve. Not a water issue, but as soon as I do it, I break the valve off oh. because this house was built like oh. paper mache, right. and water starts oh. spewing out, flooding the home. Flooding the whole house. I am, you know, I'm grabbing towels. You know, it's amazing how quickly water will fill up a house if you break a water line. We flooded the house, all three levels of the house. Oh, jeez. And um, the bottom line is the bidet is the best thing that has ever happened to me. (laughs) Everyone who's listening needs to get a bidet immediately. It's a life-changing thing. So, so, so Mike. On on that note. Yeah. Is there anything I missed? Is there a story? Anything? You know, we're over an hour now. Is there, are we we good to go? I think we're good, Brian. I really, I think, I think we're good. I think. uh, By the way, how long do you think have we, has passed? Because. Since when? Since since we started this for the fifth time. Uh, I don't know, an hour? Yeah, it's an hour. Okay. But, you know, we, we could go on for three uh, more I, I hours. I seriously right? think we can go on and on and on, so I don't want to get... The only thing stopping me is I need to go to the men's room. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave. We have to go see, we, we we go see David at, at the Red Hat. So, um, <laughs> do we give shout-outs to everybody you love and, you know... Absolutely. We and got Kim and Kim is great. The kids, the kids are great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I think we covered it all. Um, not everyone. Obviously, we probably missed half the things, but... You know, the 28 Stony Brook guys, yeah, the 22 yeah, uh, NYU. Yeah. But, um, yeah. all right. So, um, Mike, thank you for coming in. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm going to edit zero of this podcast. <laughs> zero. I'm going to add stuff because okay. it's so good. All right. Mike, thanks for coming in. Thank you.